0: Hi, you've just downloaded or otherwise accessed a podcast of Cross Point Church and the teaching ministry presented through our weekly Sunday morning worship. Feel free to burn a copy of this file when you're finished and pass it along to a friend you think might also benefit from the teaching. We hope you enjoy the message today, and thanks again for taking the time to visit. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, She was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. I'm not sure what you imagine when you hear the voice of God. That's what I imagine. In fact, if he's not better than James Earl Jones, I'm going to be disappointed. I don't know about you, Uh, but he will be. If we could resolve to be something or do something in our lives spiritually in 2022 that would help each of us, it would be to recognize and listen and heed the voice of God. Most of us, though, don't do that because we're out of position. A lot of hearing his voice and and understanding it and and reacting to it is about positioning, and positioning, we're gonna see in just a moment, has a lot to do with clutter. If our lives are full of clutter, it's hard to see and recognize his voice. If we're in a position to see it and hear it, meaning. If we're focused on hearing his voice, intent on finding where he's speaking, where he's at work, we'll hear him. I'm convinced of that. Uh, in fact, I can testify to it in my own life. We're going to look at several points which, which the Lord spoke physically and verbally. to folks in the Old Testament before the Scripture and before the Holy Spirit, we have to hear his voice today. Uh, there were several instances we're going to take a look at over these next few weeks. We're going to, back to the beginning today, though, in Genesis chapter 3 when you look with me if you will at verses 8 to verse 13 Genesis chapter 3 then the man and his wife heard the sound of the lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the lord god among the trees of the garden but the lord god called to the man where are you he answered i heard you in the garden and i was afraid because i was naked so i hid and he said who told you that you were naked have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Four things today I want us to glean from this text, this dialogue of the voice of God, speaking to Adam first and then to Eve. The first is this, is the voice of God reminds us of his presence. It reminds us of his presence. Verse 8 says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They hid themselves. Did your mom ever tell you, you're going to get it when your dad gets home? You just wait until your dad gets home. My mom did. And uh, if you're like most, you're trying to recognize the car as it pulls in the driveway or into the garage. Then you hear him get out and close the car door and make his way into the house. You're hearing every step of this, you hear him open the front door. Then you hear the conversation between he and your mom. She tells him what you've done, what needs to happen. And then you hear his footsteps to your bedroom or to wherever you living in or basement or garage or wherever you're trying to hide out. And, and this whole, in fact, that whole, that whole scenario is for, usually far worse than the punishment itself. Just the anticipation that it's coming, and I feel like that's probably where they, where these where Adam and Eve were in the garden. They heard him coming, and they hid. And I don't know, I don't know whether they heard him in the leaves rustling, whether they heard him in the wind. I don't know where they whether they heard him actually in his feet hitting the dirt in the garden, but they heard him coming nonetheless. What the means were is unimportant. The fact that they recognized he was there and his presence was there is the significant part. Uh, they they recognize their disobedience verse 7 tells us that story and their senses consequently because of their disobedience their senses were on high alert and they were listening for for God knew that he was going to show up Uh, so before he speaks up he first shows up and they try and hide (laughs) now consider this situation he's created them he's put them in the perfect place told them exactly what to do and they think they can hide from him all they've ever known is this garden. That's the only place they've ever been, and it is utopia. And they have they have enjoyed it up to this point, uh, the, the fruits of it, and until they eat of the fruit of the tree. But where do they think? Where in the world do they, they think behind a tree you can hide from God? But that's oftentimes where we find our, how, how crazy we find ourselves in our spiritual walk. Is you know, if I just stay up here to myself and I just stay in my lane and do my little deal and pay my bills and make sure that, God won't, he'll, he'll just kind of ignore this thought, this attitude, this action, this, this sin, this place of disobedience, this failure. He'll forget about that sooner or later because look at all the millions of folks he's got to concentrate on besides me. And we think we can actually hide from him, and that's never the truth. But God will often, in the lesson in, in here in, in verse 8, he will often um, reveal himself before he speaks to us either by way of his word or by way of his spirit, as I said a moment ago. Sometimes he'll show up to get our attention by changing the circumstances that we're living in, whether it's having to do with money, or having to do with health, having to do with, with uh, a job situation. Uh, had a conversation with a guy one time, two guys actually, uh, within about a three-week window of each other, a guy got a significant raise at his job said you know i just didn't see this coming but the lord did because i just found out after the raise that we're pregnant and i said well the sovereign god knows more than we know sees further than we can see had a similar conversation with with a, a different guy about three weeks later that said you know i was having kept having problems with my house kept that car was always in the shop kept having problems with my car went to my dad and asked my dad you know dad what in the world's going on dad said are you tithing he said, well, no, I'm not. He said, well, try tithing. He said, I've tried tithing. I've had no car trouble. The house is, you know, everything in the house is working the way it should. He said, the lesson there, he said, I, I, I gleaned that from my dad, but the lesson was it's all God's money. It's not a matter of, uh, of the 10% or the 90% or whatever else. It's all God's. And that's the, that's the great lesson my dad was trying to teach me. And But he'll often show up in changing our circumstances as a way to get our attention so that our focus and our in our 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 mind is on him to get rid of the clutter, to get the clutter out of the way to where we can focus on where we need to focus on. That's what I was talking about earlier in this idea of our positioning ourselves to hear his voice, whether it's by way of his word or spirit. So his voice reminds us of his presence. Secondly, his voice reminds us of his awareness. Look at verse nine. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Lord God called to the man, where are you? Now, notice first here that God calls out not to the both of them, but to the man to Adam himself, why? because all of god 's instruction all of god 's communication up to this point has been to him. not to you go back and look at it research it if you don 't trust my judgment all of god 's communication has been to him up to this point he's, he's about to he 's about to hold the woman accountable too, but he starts with Adam in our culture um, we often think as men that the domestic leadership is the wife 's responsibility the the uh, cultural leadership the the vocational leadership is our responsibility what he's i think in the lesson in this verse is he's he's coming to adam first because it's all the man's responsibility the domestic leadership whether whether you do the grocery shopping or she does whether you pay the bills or she does that is still your responsibility as a husband as a father and he's, he's trying to demonstrate to adam here listen you are accountable for what's going on here in your home and we see him tell the story in a minute. She's the one that gave it to me to eat. Doesn't matter, you're accountable. You should be the responsible one in your home, domestically, vocationally. That's your responsibility. And then, then God asks him here, you'll see, where are you? Now, he doesn't, he doesn't ask this question because he doesn't know where Adam is. He asks his question because he wanted and expected Adam to respond in repentance. That's exactly what Adam finds himself doing. He says, I heard you come, uh, walking around, we recognized our, our sin and we're ashamed of that and hid from you. Um, he expected Adam to, to admit his failure. That's exactly what Adam does. And he realizes in that moment that he is intimately known by God. He knows our every thought, our every action, our every attitude. He, is, we, he's, he intimately knows us. He is keenly aware of every decision. We, don't miss this. He is keenly aware of every decision we make every day in every moment and will sometimes stop us in our tracks to make us aware of that awareness. He is keenly aware of every decision we make every day as it it pertains to anything and will oftentimes stop us in our tracks so that we're aware of that awareness. He does that with Adam, and he'll do that with us because he reminds us of his awareness. Thirdly, the voice of God reminds us not only of his presence and his awareness, but he reminds us of our accountability. Look at verse 11. Verse 11. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? Now, in this first question, it's kind of an expose on the moral compass that each of us have that's tied to the will of man. And I've told you often, several times, that the most dangerous thing God did, has ever done, is give Adam and Eve their own will in the garden, knowing they're going to follow their own will and fail. He does that knowingly because he didn't want puppets, he didn't want manipulation, he wanted a relationship with man. And so he gives them their own will. With that will is, is a moral compass. Saved or lost, the person has a moral compass. Now, that oftentimes what shapes that moral compass are, are many things. The, the environment, home we grow up in, the consequences to behavior, the consequences to decisions, on and on. But each of us have a moral compass, whether we're saved or whether we're lost. Uh, and Jesus here uh, by way of the Holy Spirit spe- speaks to us, but by way of His own voice spoke to Adam about that. He makes us aware of our sin, aware of our failure, aware of our fallen state. As He was as He was doing to to Adam here. Uh, that's that compass is more finely tuned, more finely defined when we trust Christ, and that becomes the work of the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to us, to, to show us where we're out of, out of out of bounds, out of out of the will of God, His plan for us. Before salvation. This communication is an outside-in thing. it's It comes to us from, as I say, the natural consequences, the decisions we make or the home we grew up in. It's an outside-in thing. After we trust Christ, it's an inside-in thing because the Holy Spirit resides in us to, to reveal those those situations to us, to hold us accountable uh, for the decisions we're making, the, the attitudes we're having, the, the 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 way we're living or not. And the, then the second question here brings accountability uh, accountability to Adam's failure in leadership. Uh, Eve certainly initiated this this situation, prompted by the serpent, of course. But it was Adam's failure to give in and participate in, in the disobedience. He was making Adam responsible for all of this, the, and just uh, right, rightfully so. Great lesson for that husbands and dads is that is our responsibility. The lesson here is that sometimes accountability is immediate, sometimes it's not immediate, but it, it is always coming. Whether it's immediate or not, the accountability is going to be there. When we willingly usurp the will of God in our life, there's going to, we're going to be accountable, held accountable for those decisions. When we willingly on our own usurp the will of God with our own will, we're going to be accountable for that decision. And the voice of God is there to remind us of that. Finally, the voice of God is, uh, reminds us of his presence, his awareness and of our accountability. But finally, the voice of God reminds us of his divine design his divine design for us. Look at verse 13. He says, Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you've done? What is this you've done? Now, this is, of course, a much deeper question than just, tell me what happened. That's not what he's, what he's asking. Because he knows that the, 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 the consequences of this. He, he's wanting them to both see the long-term consequence of one simple decision and solitary decision that, that they, they had and we can have. in fact, you and I are having to suffer today the consequences of that decision over 6,000 years ago. We are accountable for our sin. We're born in sin. Our nature is to sin because of their decision in the garden over 6,000 years ago. There's repercussions, there's ripple effects to decisions we make, especially pivotal decisions, spiritual decisions. There's always a consequence and a ripple effect to that. Sometimes it's, multi- it, for, even in our lives, it's multi multigenerational. To, to our kids and our grandkids having to having to deal with our own reputation or our own failure or our own loss sometimes and he was pointing them out to, to see there's a deeper deeper consequence than just the two of you guys sitting here in the garden today not necessarily that any of us would have done any different than they did given the same situation and the same the same experience and understanding of life uh, but the deeper reaches of that question also point to God's design plan his design will his perfect will for us uh if you look on read on in chapter three you'll see that that uh, the work of man's hand and childbearing were, were up to that point would have been an easy process having children would have been easy work would have been easy but the consequences of that decision physically in their life makes childbearing painful and work hard there are consequences to decisions we make god wants us to see that we can't we can't experience those consequences uh, unless we understand our fallen state because of Adam and Eve's disobedience. That was their experience. Now, the good news is that's not a permanent situation. That's not gonna be the experience in the new heaven and new earth that's spoken about in Isaiah 65, 2 Peter chapter three and Revelation 21. He has a perfect, sinless, flawless design and place for us to, uh, to come. We will experience that one of these days. But our continued disobedience pushes us further and further and further away from God's design plan, his flawless design plan for us. But the voice of God is here to remind us of that. I have a plan for you. You stay in that plan. Life is going to work. You get out of that plan. It's not. Search that plan for your life. I encourage you today to find that plan. Because outside of that, things are going to be far more difficult for you to see the hand of God blessing it and working through your life. But in, in, your, in God's design, for your life is God's blessing of that design, and fruit that's coming out of your life. A couple of questions as we wrap up. First is this: Are you recognizing the voice of God when He speaks? Are you recognizing the voice of God when He speaks? Can you, in, in the garden like Adam and Eve, can you feel or hear or sense His presence showing up even before He speaks to you? Can you can you can you sense that? Can you, can you do you know that he's present with you or around you even before you hear his voice? Second question is, is, what is he reminding you of? What is God reminding you of? Is he reminding you of how things could be? In essence, is God saying, come on, follow, stay with me? Or is he, is he reminding you of how things could be again? Meaning, is he saying, come back, come back? Come back to fellowship with me. Come back to intimacy. In intimacy with me. Come back to a walk with me that you had at one time or another in your life. Let's 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 revisit that place again. Because usually God is reminding us of one of those two things. He's either saying, Come on, get with me, follow me, or you're, you're, you're lagging behind. Stay with me. Or come back with me again. Let's fellowship together again. Like we had the fellowship we had before. Come walk with me in, a, in an intimate place where you're hungry, you're growing, life is making more sense because you're seeing seeing me use those gifts and abilities I've given you to glorify my, my name and myself. The voice of God is pivotal in our lives in hearing it, understanding it, recognizing it, and moving on it. Now, because Adam and Eve didn't have the Holy Spirit in their hearts or the Word in front of them, God spoke to them audibly. Here is his voice today. The Spirit in you and and the scripture you hold in your hands is how how he speaks not that he he couldn't or wouldn't speak audibly to you but i'm a little leery in fact i'm a lot leery of folks who tell me they've heard heard an audible voice from god because i know what his word says and i know how his spirit speaks I've, i've listened to both of those places and he can speak really clear through this and really clear through the holy spirit if we're in a position to listen if we'll get rid of the clutter that's keeping us from reading it, and the clutter that's keeping us from walking with him in in an intimate way in an intimate place. He was speaking. He is speaking. Are we hearing him? Let's pray. Father, today would you remind us of your voice in us in the form of the Holy Spirit and your voice in our hands in the form of your word. You want to speak to us regularly, but we are anemic oftentimes from hearing your voice and don't recognize it when you do because there's so much clutter, there's so much in the way, there's so much busyness, or so much complexity to our lives. You teach us to learn to simplify, to learn to get rid of the clutter, to learn to clear our mind and even take us to a place, a location sometimes where that can happen and we can hear your voice more clearly. As you want to speak to us there are things you want to tell us there are, there are things you want to reveal to us about yourself that would make our walk with you far easier and with far greater understanding but we got to be in a position to hear it would you teach us to want that first and then move in that direction as we begin this new year teach us to want to hear your voice above everything else and then give us the courage and the, and the will to move in that direction dying to our own will as adam and eve had to learn and living to yours living to your design, your plan, your purpose for our lives. Your speaking, whether we're hearing you or not, is, us, is on us. Teach us to desire that, chase after it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to today's message from Cross Point Church, helping people navigate the journey toward an authentic, biblical, and contagious walk with Christ.